0: Hey, it's Garbage Brain University. I'm Drew Toothpaste.
1: I'm Natalie D.
0: Today, we are talking about... UFOs. Unidentified freaky objects.
1: Yes! We're talking about UFOs. What do you think about UFOs?
0: There's a lot left to be explained. I feel like the subject was really discredited by people throwing hubcaps in the air in the 50s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, people would throw a hubcap. They'd get a Polaroid, and they'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. If you think about it, was it a regular guy? It was probably a few regular guys doing that and being like, oh, it's an alien. And then there was probably some government people who were like, yeah, aliens are just hubcaps. So So remember that. When somebody says they saw some freaky shit in the sky that's not supposed to be there, it's probably a hubcap. (laughs)
1: But you don't, like, you don't have any opinions about...
0: Subjective opinions about UFOs? Well, I think it's inevitable that there is intelligence elsewhere in the universe. But I also feel like if they let us see them, then, like, they're not as advanced as they think they are. Like, just get in and get out. Why did you let us see you? Like, you should know how we work by now.
1: Mm -hmm. So my feelings on UFOs are... I don't like them. (laughs) In general, I don't like outer space.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't like, obviously, I understand the scientific importance of outer space. But I don't like sci-fi stuff that is like aliens and spaceships. And I don't like any of that kind of stuff. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. It is probably partially related to my phobia of E.T.,
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But I don't like them. I'm not about them. And whenever I see any kind of news stories in, like, credible news sources about UFOs, it gives me the same kind of, like, feeling like I'm going to get terror diarrhea, like when... When, when there's a tornado warning, That's I, would, I, would, I would compare the two, like the, like the emotional response is the same for those two events.
0: Yeah. It just gives you, <laughs> it sends, it kind of sends chills down your spine. And there have been very recently, there were some reports of like, I guess UFOs or unexplained phenomena that were really well documented from multiple sources in the military. Yeah. And by the way, just saying that sentence, repeated observances by multiple sources in the military, that makes me sound like a fucking nut. And that's what they do. That's what they do on purpose. They want you to sound like a nut.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So getting ready for this episode, I thought I would talk to my Twitter people and see if any of them have seen a UFO. Have you ever seen a UFO?
0: No, I haven't uh-uh.
1: I have not either But I will also say that Not so much now But when I was When I was like a kid And like a teenager I would make it a point Like if I was outside at night To not look <laughs> You just I didn't want to see
0: one You would be like Eyes on the ground Yeah,
1: exactly <laughs> I'm just like Don't look too long Don't look too long you start noticing shit and I also, when I, was a, when I was a very young child, I was afraid of radio towers because I would see the little light at the top from really far away. And I would always think it was a UFO. Or it was some kind of, like, signal. Like, I think initially I thought they were UFOs. And then as I got older and I was like, that's not a UFO, Natalie. That's the thing with the light on it. Then my head started, like, formulating an alternate hypothesis, which, th- when that thing was blinking, it was signaling for the UFOs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, so that that was <laughs> that was not the UFO but it was saying, "Hey, <laughs> Come, it's it's, over it, here. it's safe to land. Bring her in." <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I asked my Twitter people if anyone had seen a UFO. I did not get nearly as many responses as when I asked people what they collected, which to me would imply that seeing UFOs is not particularly common or People don't like to tell you if they did see a UFO because it makes them sound fucking crazy.
0: Right. So what do they say?
1: So, okay. I got a few I got a few uh, UFO encounters from my Twitter people who I love. I love you.
0: That's very nice. That's <laughs> that was, very nice.
1: You know, I love you guys on Twitter. Okay. I had this guy named at Jive underscore Teej. Okay. And he, and he said... Once, when I was a kid, I looked up and saw an equilateral triangle shape, but you could see the clouds through it, and it just hovered in place for a few minutes. The clouds would pass below, but it would stay until it was gone. My brother and a friend saw it too.
0: Like a, like, just a shape or a lights? Shape with lights or just a shape?
1: A tr- equilateral triangle shape that was, it sounds like it was transparent,
0: I've read in, you know, all the accounts of UFOs, there's always like very defined geometric shapes. That seems to be common.
1: People like good shapes even if they don't live on Earth. Even ET with his fucked up gross little body could appreciate an equilateral triangle <laughs> or a nice circle. <laughs> yeah.
0: The many-sided circle.
1: <laughs> Infinite sides maybe. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a that's one for the ages. How many sides does the circle have? So what did what did your other Twitter folks say?
1: One of my Twitter people named At Comic Carl replied to me and said, My dad has a bunch of UFO stories from the seventies when he was chronically fucked up on Coke and chased an orp through rural southern Alberta in two thousand eight. He also went out for a smoke a few years back, came in, told us he saw a UFO, drew it on a piece of graphing paper, and went to bed. <laughs>
0: and this was in southern alberta yeah okay so canada yeah if i were an alien and i could pick somewhere to go i would go to canada it is very flat Mm -hmm. there's lots of plate canada is the second largest country in the Mm -hmm. world geographically Mm -hmm. in terms of area it's large so even statistically you're pretty likely if you land on land you're likely to go there right
1: yeah uh i gotta Twitter person, whose handle is at cronezone, and crone is spelled with a K, who uh, replied to me and said, yes, I saw one flying some distance away from my bedroom window circa 2003. I don't think it was aliens. It was probably a military test since I was pretty close to the arsenal in Picatinny, New Jersey.
0: Okay, that's something that always comes up with UFOs is it's like equally likely that it's secret military stuff. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I have one from a Twitter person by the name of at astrological who said that I lived in South Dakota and one evening after a particularly bad hailstorm slash tornado warning My then significant other and I went out to grab food and we saw a weird orb that I originally wrote off as a weather balloon or maybe something related to the military because we lived about two miles off of a military base. But despite decent winds, it didn't move a ton. And when the setting sun hit it just right, I could tell it was metallic, albeit a dark metal and not a steel flashing kind of metal. I'm a huge aliens critic, and I'm still not going to say it was aliens, but it was definitely an object that was flying that I could not identify.
0: Yeah, an orb is like a 3D of a circle.
1: Mm-hmm. And then my last Twitter reply I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you today is from at Linz underscore MPG, who said, saw one in fall of 97, mostly clear night with some thin cloud cover, bright lights moving at acute angles much too fast and precisely to be airplanes. I've been around large and small planes my whole life, so I knew it was different. It was 25 miles southeast of Seattle.
0: It seems common that this stuff happens like in rural areas where it's almost like less likely you would see a bunch of air traffic or something, right?
1: Yeah, I think maybe in maybe in large cities you're not going to notice that stuff as much because of light pollution and air traffic. That exists already.
0: You know, even when I lived in a slightly more rural place when I grew up, I remember, you know, there were times you would look up at night and you could see the stars. I never saw anything unusual. And in fact... There were times when I was a kid and I remember my dad would say, oh, you know, you can see Venus or you can see Mars or some shit like that. And I was like, okay. And we went out. He's like, it's right there. It's right to the left of that. And it's up there. And I would be like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So I never, I really even, I think I gave up on seeing shit in the sky. But if I looked up and there was some freaky shit there, what I would do. Here's what I would do. Do you remember first of all, you know, like supermoon when they say supermoon?
1: Mhm.
0: And then everybody's like, "Oh, supermoon." They try to take a picture of it and it's the moon, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It always is. Have
0: you <laughs> so I was out I was out walking once and the sun was really low, but it was really huge. There was some kind of like we were not closer to the sun cuz that would be that would spell doom. Mhm. But the sun appeared to be really big due to refraction of light or something. It was really large and orange, and it was right over somebody's house. And I was like, fuck, the sun is so huge right now. And I remember I took a picture of it, and I looked at the picture, and I was like, the sun fucking looks normal. (laughs) And that's just the thing. I know that if I ever saw a UFO, first thing, I would be like, oh, fuck this. (laughs) And I would get my phone, and I would take a picture of it, and I'd be like, look at the fucking UFO. And then it would be like, like I can't see that well, so somebody would be like, that's a bird.
1: <laughs> if I ever saw a UFO, it would be like the opposite of when we get like a bat in the house. Like if we get in a bat in the house, I just like flee and I leave the house and I run as far away as I can until you do something with the bat. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's ever, if I ever see a UFO, I'm going to run into the house. I'm going to go into the deepest, darkest recesses of the house and block myself in somewhere. And I'm not going to come out until you tell me that the UFOs are gone.
0: (laughs) Well there's <laughs> there's a wall in our basement that's just rock. Mm-hmm. It's like rock and that's they,
1: my UFO camp they, out.
0: they painted it and there's a little like horrible wooden door there. And you open it up, and there's just like a little segment dug out of the bedrock, and there's a sewer pipe. So you're gonna go chill with the sewer pipe.
1: I'm gonna go hang out in in the crawl space. It's just all rocks. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in there because I don't think the aliens would find me in there. They, but you would have to you would have to go out, and you would have to make sure that they were gone. And once you were content, there were no aliens outside anymore, then you can come and tell me to come out. That is the plan. It, it's the reverse bat plan.
0: Again, see, if you have the technology to travel through space, you would know better. You wouldn't come to us. You'd be like, "This motherfucker is gonna like take a picture of us and he's gonna be like, "Oh, I'm an alien." <laughs> <And> he's <laughs> gonna post <laughs> And he's gonna post it, and, oh, take me to your leader.
1: Oh, oh I have speaking of take me to your leader. I found out who our leader is, our leader. If the aliens come. Who we have to take them to. <laughs> there are two people that are potentially the leader to send them to. <laughs>
0: okay. Who are they?
1: One of them is a woman by the name of Simonetta De Pippo, who is the director of the UN Office for Outer Space Affairs. Oh, shit. We have a space ambassador? Yes.
0: And her name is this uh, – tell me –
1: Simonetta Pippo.
0: Simonetta Pippo. Okay. I'm just – because I'm the one that's going to have to deal with the fucking aliens, so I need to know. So
1: if they show up here, that's where we have to go. We have to find her. Yeah, yeah. The other person who is, hypothetically, the other person who could conceivably be the one you direct the aliens to <laughs> is a guy named Paul Davies, who is the chairman of SETI's post-detection task force.
0: Oh, is that the one where you install the program and they find aliens on your computer mm.
1: that's that's who found the wow signal, which happened in Columbus, Ohio, where we are right now.
0: Oh uh uh SETI found the wow signal mm-hmm. so what exactly is the wow signal?
1: I did not read very much about the wow signal because like reading about radio signals that are like just little like blips and like the aliens didn't say anything to us in particular like it, it's too much for me it's too boring so <laughs>
0: Well, what I thought you may, I thought you may have some detailed information. No. The idea of the WOW signal is that we have radio telescopes. And essentially, what a radio telescope is, there's a big radio telescope in like Arecibo, mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, I think. And it's essentially a huge satellite dish and it collects electromagnetic radiation sure. from a large area and all reflects it into a central point. Mm -hmm. which is how a satellite dish works. It's a parabola, and it focuses all the energy on a point so you effectively, like, amplify it, right? Sure. And so the larger the satellite dish, the more shit you can collect. So they can detect signals from very far away. And as far as I know, the WOW signal was intensity readings from certain bands Mm -hmm. of, of radio signals, and they found one that was extremely... Crazy. That was extremely high or extremely patterned or something like that. It slapped.
1: Yes, and since it was 1978,
0: 1979 when it happened, a researcher circled it and did not say, this shit is lit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He just wrote Wow! Exclamation mark. So those are those are who we would we would send the aliens to. I'm glad that I'm not on the list.
0: Simonetta de Pippo and Paul Davies. Mm-hmm. Paul Davies sounds like a guy who writes music for the BBC. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like I said, I'm not an outer space alien person. I was very really disappointed when I was reading about aliens today. <laughs> I kind of went into it like this is going to be like an episode about Bigfoot, you know? <laughs> but instead, I found too much stuff from science people at colleges that were like, oh, yeah, aliens, totally. It gave me willies. So the whole thing with the UFOs is that when you see people on TV or you see people talking about them like out in the wild, it's like the, the weird guy on Ancient Aliens. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's not a credible yeah. person or it's like some some guy who is like on drugs and lives in a trailer out in the desert. And he's <laughs> like covered in aluminum foil and trying to contact him and stuff. That's what you get fed. So that makes you think, oh, it's, it's like Bigfoot. And but
0: that's, then, an, that's it, an image that's deliberately spread. To keep people from taking it seriously. Absolutely.
1: And because if it was something that was so laughable, why would we have a UN office for it? We do not have a U.N. office for Bigfoot Affairs. Right. There's not, like, SETI branches in universities across the country trying to contact zombies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so, okay. So, that, so that, that's something that bugged me today. <laughs> so. I want them to not be real, but there's a U.N. office for them. <laughs>
0: So it's just, for me, it's not a question of does intelligent life exist outside of Earth? Almost certainly.
1: Yeah. Almost- I hope that is a rich tapestry of billions and billions of species who are all about as smart as a chinchilla. <laughs> Just don't come here. Yes. I would be I would love to hear all about the different ways that organisms evolve on different planets as long as they don't have thumbs and they can't like make tools. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, your building block is not even carbon. That is so neat. Stay there.
1: (laughs) Don't come over here. That is
0: so cool that you can do that only on your planet, not ours.
1: No, thank you. Because here's the thing. If they get here, if aliens come to our planet, the fact that they showed up here means they're way more advanced than we are.
0: Absolutely. And
1: so just them coming and landing here, they are in control of the situation. We are not in control of the situation anymore.
0: Right. Dad is here now. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Because we, ha- we have not gone somewhere that has life and, 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 and visited other planets. We haven't even visited another planet.
0: And you know, and here's the thing. You know what they would say is they would say, aliens are daddy.
1: <laughs> I don't want aliens to come here.
0: It raises existential questions. Yeah. And then life is complicated and difficult as it is. Like you just, you have to try and work very hard and then also be super lucky to like be happy. In any way and have security and not have like anxiety and not and have like your pyramid, your Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs. <laughs> like you have to, unless you're really privileged, you have to build that from the bottom up. And like most people don't get to the top, mm-hmm. right? And so then the idea that like it's already so fucking hard just to live here just with people. hmm. And then aliens come in and they're like zap zap or whatever they fucking do. I don't know. I don't. That's the scary thing is you don't know what they're gonna fucking do. For those of you who have abused drugs, or for those of you who have used drugs, there's a, a common drug called cannabis that people use, hmm. and uh, it's becoming more and more legal across the country and across the world. One of the things that happens is you can take cannabis and it feels like time slows down, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So it's not out of the question to imagine that aliens would keep you alive for what feels like trillions of years inside your own body while you don't age. That's just a thought I had about aliens.
1: (laughs) That's a very specific thought about aliens. (laughs) You so, can
0: just see them walking around with their little gray fucking bodies and you are there for trillions of years. You never die.
1: Mm-hmm. So something I found today when I was looking at stuff about fucking UFOs and aliens. <laughs> this is
0: this is not just about aliens. This is about UFOs.
1: Yeah. Well, right. Yeah. Right. You know, it's just like how I did the hygiene episode, but it ended up being about poop. <laughs>
0: that, okay. Yeah. Just okay. The, the poop kept creeping in Yeah,
1: right, right So uh, one thing I stumbled across was the U.S. military's seven steps to contact Which is a list, like an order of operations that they came up with in 1950 In the event that the U.S. space program developed to the point that we visited other planets And we found that there were civilizations there
0: Oh, in the case that we were daddy.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is what they said that we would do. Uh, The first step would be remote surveillance and data gathering. So they would watch and like, but not let themselves be seen. Like collect information remotely for as long as they could.
0: Like Facebook.
1: So like peeping on them and seeing like what kind of shit's going on. Like real (laughs) casual, right? Yeah. The second step was covert visitations. Which would be them visiting the planet, but not letting themselves be noticed when they did it.
0: Right, like putting on a chinchilla outfit, and it's like, I'm one of you.
1: <laughs> yes. Having, like, a small craft and, like, landing in whatever fucking shit they have there. I was going to say the woods, but they probably don't have those. Whatever <laughs> whatever they
0: whatever they have on chinchilla planet that is, like, Alberta.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, step three. They would assess whether or not the civili- civilization would be a threat to them. So right. they would assess whether or not the civilization would be bad news if we got in contact with them. That was right. Like,
0: if we, right if we contacted them, like, would they fuck us up? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, step four would be trying to get closer to them and, and get a better feel of what was going on with them.
0: Like, emotionally? <laughs>
1: Like watching a little closer up, like peeping in the window. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like getting a little close, right? Getting a li- little ET
0: in the field. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Sure. Uh, step five would be making brief touchdowns on the planet and collecting specimens and abducting people who live there. Oh, good. In order to assess what was going on with them and study right. study them,
0: right? And taking <clears throat> them on our ships. spacecraft. <laughs> Oh. Number six
1: was making presence known and allowing vehicles and operators to be seen by, by the public on the planet, like being more bold about showing showing themselves when they are doing the investigations there. And yeah. step seven was face-to-face communications with the people who lived on the planet. And what I don't like is that our to-do list is basically exactly what UFOs and aliens do now. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It seems to be, it seems to be, like, a platonic ideal of, like, interplanet communications. Like, all right, we go, we peep on them, we zoom around with a little triangle. Oh, what's that triangle? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> go around like E.T., knock on window, phone home, zoom in, dad's here, and then you bring out the book to serve man. <laughs>
1: Exactly. So that was that was another thing I saw today that I did not like. Since we're talking about seven steps to contact, I thought you might want to do a quiz where well, i definitely we're gonna do a quiz. And you're definitely not gonna get Zephyr Hill.
0: <laughs> well that that sounds promising.
1: <laughs> Alright. I want to talk to you about high-next scale. Have you read about high neck scale?
0: I've never heard such a thing. What, what's high, like high neck, like a giraffe? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: H-Y, neck. Oh, hey
0: neck. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: What it is, is high neck was some dude, and he worked studying stuff like this, and it was a scale that he made up, which grades the interactions between us and like ufos okay close encounters of the third kind okay yeah that is a score on the high neck scale the first three of them i'm not going to include in the quiz so i'm going to tell you what they are right now the lowest grade on the high neck scale is nocturnal lights which are seeing shit in the night sky. That is considered to be the least credible observation.
0: So these are levels of credibility for observations Mm -hmm. of...
1: UFOs and aliens.
0: uh, Of something extraterrestrial. Mm -hmm. Okay, so nocturnal lights.
1: Is level one. Daylight disks is the second when you would see a UFO during the day, and you could see the shape, and you could see it's metallic, and this and that. That would be daylight disks.
0: So that would be the hubcap situation. Yeah,
1: yeah. Level three is radar visual, which happens it happened in something I'm gonna talk about later. That is when you can see the UFOs on radar. This is when it starts getting more real because you have hard evidence that there are objects there.
0: So you have recordable evidence. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You you have some kind of data. That right. you
1: couldn't like easily just falsify. There are seven other levels. And they're all close encounters of the whatever number time wasn't that just for that movie no it was not
0: oh that's like a universal yeah
1: so there's it's close encounters of the first kind close encounters of the second kind close encounters of the third kind up to seventh kind i'm gonna tell you what kind of interaction it is and i want you to guess what level it is okay sure all right a ufo creates a physical effect in the person who views it and this could be radio interference like fucking your car up or like breaking your watch or, like, animals reacting to it, or you feeling, like, paralysis or, like, heat effects, or maybe, like, the, the UFO would leave, like, scorch marks in the grass. What level is that?
0: That sounds like level four to me.
1: No. That was level two.
0: Oh, I thought I, thought I was starting at level four. I thought there was... I thought, no, you're
1: starting at level one. Le- oh. The nocturnal lights, daylight disks, and radar visual are all levels that... Do, they, they don't have the, the close encounters prefix on it. Oh, that's not considered a close encounter, oh, but it's still shit. on the scale. I'm going to give you an easy one. The human and the alien have a baby together.
0: See, I thought that's where this was going. I feel like that's number 10.
1: There's not a 10. It goes from form from one to seven.
0: I feel like that's a seven.
1: That's as real as it gets with aliens ah. is when we start fucking them. And we start having babies with them.
0: <laughs> I you know where is there a gauge for emotional closeness to the extraterrestrial?
1: I think it's a gamble to say they even they even evolved emotions like ours to begin with. A visual sighting of an unidentified object seemingly less than five hundred feet away, where you're able to see an appreciable amount of detail.
0: Okay, well that would be that would be one. Yeah. That would be one. Yeah, because it's lower than the scorch marks and lower than you're driving your truck at night and then your truck turns off and you go consarned and you get out and you're like, fuck, it's fucking daddy's here.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. A UFO event in which a human is abducted by a UFO or its occupants.
0: I feel like that's five. I feel no. like that's five. That's four. Four? Oh, my God. So there's two levels left between getting abducted by the alien and fucking the alien.
1: <laughs> did you already do one, two, and three? No, I don't think you did. You didn't do three yet. Death of a human or animal associated with a UFO sighting. I,
0: I think that would be lower than actually getting abducted and then, like, hanging out with the aliens. I think that would be three. That's six. That's Six. So the only thing worse than death is getting fucked by an alien. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I
1: think that having the interaction of the human and the alien affect the thread of life and when it is started and broken, I think is is probably more extreme than just like seeing an alien.
0: It is so implausible for an alien and a human to reproduce. Well,
1: the thing said, uh, reproduce is... Either by sexual reproduction or artificial scientific methods. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. A UFO encounter in which an animated creature is present. These include humanoids, robots, and humans who seem to be occupants or pilots of a UFO. Five. No. That was three.
0: All right. Oops. Then the next one's five, because that's the only one left.
1: Okay. All right, smart guy. (laughs) A UFO event that involves direct communications between aliens and humans.
0: I've thought about this a lot, and I think that would be a five.
1: <laughs> All right. You did pretty good on a quiz about something you didn't know about beforehand.
0: Aliens and humans
1: chilling. Talk. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs>
0: if it, If aliens and humans got together, what would they talk shit about? Because they probably don't have any friends in common, so they wouldn't talk shit about, like, common people they know.
1: Yeah. And we wouldn't be traveling to outer space, so we couldn't even talk to them about spaceships and, like, oh, I hate it when my spaceship air conditioning is fucked up. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right, right. Yeah, you'd be chilling with the aliens. You'd be like, Shh, don't you hate it how you can't get to Mars and the aliens are like, ah. Yeah, yeah, that sucks, dude. <laughs> My favorite factoid in the ineptness of the human struggle to leave the planet is that they almost put Big Bird on Challenger. <laughs>
1: Oh, that would have been too bad.
0: They came really close, and at the last last minute, they're like, no, put another teacher on there instead.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So the UK also has plans. Sorry, let me restart this. There are plans in place for what they're going to do if aliens show up.
0: The United Kingdom.
1: The world. If the aliens show up, they're supposed to report to the UN.
0: Yeah, right. Like, when you go... Like, after Columbine, like, when you go to the school, it's like, you better check in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right away.
1: The UK has plans for alien arrival, and their plan is to treat it as if they're planning for a natural disaster.
0: Okay, okay.
1: <laughs> uh, Japan has plans that they would treat any intrusion into their airspace as if it was an intruder into their airspace by anybody else.
0: And statistically, Japan is pretty small, Mm -hmm. but it has pretty high concentrations of population. Mm -hmm. So aliens might want to go there because there's so many people there and they're they're packed in so tight. They would be like carrying the beacon of peace and immortality and Japan would be like, fuck you doing?
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm not sure what their response to an intrusion into their airspace is right now. It might just be to get on the radio and be like, hey, (laughs) You're in our airspace <laughs> I need you guys to move <laughs> that might be their plan
0: that's probably like uh hey are you guys uh uh are you from North Korea
1: <laughs> you're in our airspace stop
0: <laughs> uh unidentified craft uh- <laughs> You're currently within Japan. Listen, uh, this is like our whole island here. So if you could just, if you could just get out of here,
1: <laughs> and, then the, and then the aliens would be like, "I don't know what that is." I am the boss in this situation.
0: Considering how monomaniacal humans are, and considering how bad we are at like doing things, there was a certain point in society where humans like the industrial revolution like we started doing stuff and then we're like oh we're so good at this like a teenager Mm -hmm. right and then we got like a little bit more advanced we're like ah actually we've just like very barely started we haven't solved any problems we've just created a lot of them (laughs) so we're actually like as a society as a world like smart enough to know like oh whoops (laughs) (laughs) we uh we're not that good at we're not that good at stuff so it's easy to imagine that aliens would come here and if somebody got on the radio and was talking in japanese they would naturally be like well of course that of course i know what that means i created a faster than light craft to come to your fucking planet why you think i don't know japanese (laughs) right
1: (laughs) well thing is this is what i always think about with aliens is that how do you know that we could even communicate with them at all? How do we know that they don't have some kind of organ that creates some kind of signal that we don't have uh, sensory organs in order to interpret?
0: That's totally possible. And the other idea that I keep having about aliens, when I think about them, it's very easy to imagine that the scale of time that humans experience would be radically different from other species. And in fact, if there were a species of creature where instead of a hundred years they lived. 100 trillion years mm-hmm. which is just a few orders of magnitude away. It's not too hard to imagine that for them they could get on a spaceship and it would be like getting on a plane. They could come here it'd be a few million years no big deal. They get off here and they are moving very slow and what they see is is humans like living and dying like infinitely fast before their eyes, right?
1: Yeah. How do we even know that we can perceive them?
0: Exactly.
1: But also they could
0: no Japanese.
1: <laughs> it's
0: equally likely yeah. to me.
1: Yeah. Wouldn't it be fucked up if we found out that trees were aliens and that they just moved really slow?
0: You know. You wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. So there's a tree. Have you heard of Pando? The big tree? Pando the big tree.
1: <laughs> so the one so- that's like, whoa, so many trees, it's just one tree. <laughs> that one? <laughs>
0: Yeah, and look, <laughs> if you go online and you Bing at it, Pando, it's like panda with an O, P-A-N-D-O. It's an incredibly large living organism. I think it's the largest living organism that we know of on Earth. And it's basically a tree, but it's got these roots, and then other trees come up from the roots, but it's like kind of the same creature, but it's like kind of a clone, but they are hooked together with bark or whatever trees use. So it's... <laughs>
1: ah yeah
0: (laughs) right so pando could very easily be an alien and in fact one of the theories for life on earth is something called panspermia Mm -hmm. which is the idea that there were like these nuggets of life that came from elsewhere in the universe and one landed on earth it's like if you throw a bunch of seeds out in a field right one of them gets the right humidity and temperature and everything And then it turned into fucking bacteria, and then a fish, and then a person. And then the person met an alien. The alien was his dad. (laughs) So it's like the whole whole thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very easy to believe that trees could be aliens. And in fact...
1: (laughs) What if humans are the aliens? (laughs) What if... (laughs) I mean... what if we were put on earth as like an entertainment thing for them like they're like let's put a bunch of of us (laughs) (laughs) or some subspecies of some other planet (laughs) let's put them on this place that sucks there's gonna be so many bugs and it's going to be yuck.
0: So think about so think and, about And then
1: we'll watch it like Survivor or like Naked and Afraid.
0: <laughs> oh my god. So think about this, Natalie. Hmm. So trees are on the planet. Trees have uh, it's not respiration, it's called transpiration, mm-hmm. right? The process that they they
1: They transpire.
0: They take in carbon dioxide mm-hmm. and they in effect exhale oxygen. Right. Mm -hmm. So if just trees were on this planet, they would run out of carbon dioxide. Correct. In order for trees to stay on this planet, they would need something else on the planet to create carbon dioxide. But we got out of control. (laughs) It's like if you plant a little bit of ivy out in front of your house... And then you get older, you forget about it, and you're like, Oh, fuck, it's going up the house! <laughs> and it's going into the neighbor's yard, and it's going up his house. Oh, it's like the
1: neighbor's bamboo.
0: <laughs> oh, humans are like bamboo. Trees brought us in, they were like, Fuck, I'm... Psh, I do not have enough CO2. Okay, here's what we do, guys. Like, you know what they always do. You know how, like, in the 1900s, they'd be like, We have too many birds here. We... <laughs> Let's get an invasive species to kill all the birds. <laughs> <laughs> Trees did that with us, and they were like, "Fuck, check this out. Look, we put them here, right?" And you may be like, "Oh, they're dipshits who build pyramids." No, wait, they're gonna do fucking cars. They're gonna start digging coal up and burning it. You know how much CO two that makes, bro?
1: <laughs> and they were fucking.
0: They were. They were fucking pumped up until like last year. <laughs>
1: Well, the trees are going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's just everybody else. <laughs>
0: They're still going to... Yeah, there's going to be... got
1: plenty of CO2. There's
0: going to be deer and shit. It, they'll be
1: fine. They'll be fine without us. And you know what? I'm like ta- listening to myself talk about them. This is the first time I've talked about them at length, I think. But it occurred to me that if aliens ever do come... And it goes and it goes alright. I think that maybe then I would be an old racist person only against aliens. <laughs> 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 This is, this is how they're going to get us. Like, the ger- this generation of people who are, like, trying, like, really hard to, like, be aware of things going on and, like, improving society. Like, that's how they're going to get us. They're going to bring in the people from some other galaxy. <laughs> and it's going to freak you out really bad. <laughs>
0: Excuse me, uh, Grandma. Did you just say alien? That absolutely pops. Okay. <laughs> First of all, Xanthar is my freaking boyfriend.
1: Uh.
0: Can't believe you will be bigoted and you would say the a word. <laughs> absolutely pops, Grandma. I'm sorry.
1: Why don't you uh. go
0: back to your Facebook account? <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, I don't like it. This is how they're gonna get me.
0: They got you. They got you on the podcast saying the A word. They got you they got you referring to their crafts as UFOs. <laughs> Do you
1: know? Man, I can't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I need a Wendy's break. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so
0: Have you ever wanted a treat from this galaxy?
1: (laughs) The best one in this galaxy is Wendy's. Oh, one of the things I read is they said, you know, aliens could come from really far away, but they also might have just come and moved somewhere in our galaxy, and and we just haven't noticed them yet.
0: (laughs) They could have. That's true. That's true. If you could go on a spacecraft and you could travel let's say, a thousand light years, to get to our galaxy, then you could park on Neptune or some shit and just be like, lol.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to drive as far (laughs) to fuck with these people.
0: It's like like when you go to New York, but you stay in New Jersey.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The UFO sighting I read about today that I did not like. I'm going to preface every little segment here with, I did not like this at all when I read about it. <laughs> I got no pleasure reading about it. <laughs> in 2004, now this this UFO sighting was covered in the New York Times, and it had some kind of Pulitzer Prize winning guys doing on it, and it was like a very serious write-up on it, right? In 2004, a U.S. Navy Aegis Cruiser, I don't know what that is, had a bunch of strike fighters, like the fighting airplanes. They, people on the cruiser and the people with the airplanes, they had an extended run-in with two UFOs. Only one of them was in a UFO, but I'll get to that. It's very freaky. So these guys were flying their airplanes.
0: You said it was a cruiser, so it was like an aircraft carrier or something, right, that had planes on board. (laughs) So it was like a whole crew of people on this big behemoth, right?
1: Yeah, it was the USS Princeton. Okay. And they had Super Hornets and Hornets, which I guess are like fancy airplanes that they used to bomb people with.
0: Probably. So
1: the guys in the airplane were sent to check out some kind of shit with the USS Princeton having ha- seen UFOs there, like, over the last few weeks. And so they were sent to go check it out. So they went over to the area, and they saw a little UFO, right?
0: In the sky. In the
1: sky. They were flying airplanes. When they first saw it, it was 80,000 feet up.
0: So that's higher than airplanes fly, right? That's, Yes. So, if you're in a passenger plane, you go 30,000, 40,000 feet. Yeah. So, something flying at 80,000 feet would be on the verge of space. I think space starts at
1: 100,000, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, it started at 80,000 feet, and then it went, and it dropped to 20,000 feet. And it stopped, and it just started hovering at 20,000 feet, which is I'm not sure how f- high up the airplanes were. And they said that they were, like, oval, like, oblong shaped. And they were white. They were, like, white oblong pills. Okay. And they did not have wings. They did not have, like, any glass windows. They didn't have any markings on them at all.
0: Commander, I think I see some Xanny bars. <laughs> <laughs> These are really large Xanny bars. They're at about 20,000 feet. Up.
1: So, yes. <laughs> So they went to investigate the last... So the, the guys saw that happen, right? Yeah. And then the super hornets went in to investigate the last place they had seen the aircraft, an unidentified aircraft. And they found two UFOs at the same time. Only one of them was not a UFO. It was a USO, which is an unidentified swimming object because it was under the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> So they got to the location. <laughs> okay. And there was like the little UFO guy. There and,
0: was the oblong pill. Yes. Do you, uh, How big was it?
1: Um, I don't know. The thing in the ocean, they said it looked kind of like a sunken airplane, but it was bigger than a submarine. And the water above it was churning and steaming like it was hot and it was like, the water was churning above it, and the little UFO guy, the oblong pill guy, he was just like hovering above it and like moving around erratically, like fifty feet above it.
0: Fifty feet? Uh huh. Oh shit! It w- he was like right there,
1: mm-hmm. erratically moving over the over the water spot. In the
0: surface of the water was like boiling. Uh huh. Oh shit! Okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and remember, these are guys who are fi- who are flying fighter pilots who are seeing this. They're not like drunk guys on the bus.
0: Like, multiple people saw this, and they wrote up a report on it.
1: The little guy who was above, above the water guy.
0: (laughs) The flying craft. The
1: craft. Suddenly just, like, shot up in the air and started flying towards the aircraft. And one of the pilots said it looked like they were coming over to meet him, like, to get real close up to him. Yeah. And so they turned their planes around to meet it head on. Yeah. And then it spit off in the other direction. And he said it accelerated faster than anything he had ever seen. And this is a guy who flies fighter jets and I'm sure has seen some very fast airplanes.
0: (laughs) Well, the, the idea of something accelerating... So when fighter pilots fly around, right, and these are, these are people who have trained, you've heard of the idea of g-force, right? Mm-hmm. Acceleration is what causes a force, like a force in motion. And acceleration is a change in velocity. So if you, if you speed up or slow down, you exert force. And the faster you accelerate or decelerate, the larger the magnitude of the force. Mm-hmm. So if something is accelerating and decelerating and jerking back and forth and accelerating very fast, it's inducing uh, immense amounts of force on whatever is inside of it, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. After this guy sped off, the white guy, the pilots went back to the USS Princeton and told them what happened. And they were sent to a location 60 miles away. And they left. And within seconds of them heading to the second location, the Princeton contacted them and said that the UFOs were already there. So... (laughs) (laughs) The UFO guy they had seen was already at the second location, which was 60 miles away. And they said that if it was the same craft that left from from where, where first sighting was, going to the second location, they had to have been traveling at 2,400 miles per hour.
0: That's really, can <laughs> anything on Earth go that I fast? That's like Mach 3 or Mach 4 or something. That sounds like, you know, maybe one airplane ever has gone that fast. Mm-hmm. And they certainly didn't accelerate that fast because it would have killed whoever was inside, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So the idea is that they got dispatched to a different location and it was like the aliens were listening and then they went to that new location before they even started moving their ship in that direction, right?
1: Or maybe they were just, the UFO is just surveying military installations and it was just coincidental that he ended up in the second location when he did it. I don't like the idea of him listening in on conversations and be like, I'll beat ya.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you're an alien and you're concerned about like getting torpedoed or missiled or whatever, and hey, if you're an unidentified swimming object you gotta watch out for torpedoes mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm <laughs> That's the main thing underwater.
1: After all that stuff happened, they sent out more planes. And this time they had forward-looking infrared sensor pods. So they were they had like the shit in order to track stuff, right? And when they went on the second flight, they got a video of it.
0: Are we allowed to see it or is it classified? I have a
1: YouTube link that we will put in the newsletter.
0: Okay, so you got to go to the newsletter, we'll put the video in there and you can see the craft we're talking about.
1: And in the video the guy says, the guy says that there's a whole ton of them, but he only has one in his crosshairs on his plane, but apparently he's able to see like way more like around him that that are showing up on his instrument panel that you're not able to see on the screen directly.
0: Oh shit.
1: And it's very freaky. I don't like it.
0: So this was in 2004, so this just became declassified?
1: Well, they ended up starting some kind of secret government investigation thing about it, because recently there's been all kinds of, of stuff, even recently, that I read that were different stories than this one, where military people were talking about seeing shit fucking all the time.
0: So basically, just the military being up in the atmosphere and fucking around with large pieces of equipment. They run into unidentified objects constantly. Mm-hmm. And I guess the idea is that if it was the military with little zany bars in the sky, they'd be like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> we, right? We have something top secret. You can't tell anybody you saw it.
1: Mm-hmm. We have,
0: this is ours. You can't, right? And they wouldn't start an investigation on it if it was also the military's zany bar up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, and... They wouldn't investigate it if it was like Bigfoot,
0: right?
1: So, speaking of investigations, uh, there have been many investigations into UFOs in the United States. The Interplanetary Phenomenon Unit was set up in the fifties, which was investigating UFOs. A lot of the stuff, like the stuff that they found, that is is classified, and we're not ever going to find it. So, and then there was Project Blue Book, which was from 1947 to 1969. There was a Project Twinkle investigation that ran from 1948 to 1951. There was an investigation into something they called Ghost Rockets. That was an investigation that was taken on by a Swedish, UK, US, and Greek militaries. The Office of Scientific Investigation at the CIA is what handles it at the CIA level, I suppose. There's USAF, Project Blue Book, Special Report number 14, which ran from 1951 to 1954, and I noticed was done by Battelle, which is in Columbus also, which I don't like.
0: (laughs) Right? Battelle, a government contractor, they uh, sponsored a metro park. There's Battelle Darby Metro Park here, Mm -hmm. which has a live buffalo. You can go to the park and see buffalo wandering around the park, and they also studied aliens. So...
1: (laughs) Uh, there was the Brookings Report, the Condon Committee, uh, Internal Rand Corporation Study, the Sturrock Panel... And then the most recent is the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program, which was funded from 2007 to 2012, which was partially spurred by that sighting we were just talking about.
0: So they are still doing super top secret investigations into unidentified flying objects, essentially to this day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they're doing stuff in 2012, that's basically now. (laughs) Yeah. And they're probably doing more shit right now that we don't even know that the project is happening or we don't know the. Name of it yeah, they're anything, not going to tell It's
1: not our business.
0: You know who always tells us what's going on is AutoZone.
1: Oh yeah, uh, whenever I have a problem, I just go to AutoZone and they tell me how to fix it. It's great. It doesn't even have to be like a car problem. It could be a personal problem.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's easy to it's easy to say. I might buy a pair of windshield wipers, and sure, qualified technician will come out to your vehicle and install them right then and there. But emotional problems are also in the zone at AutoZone.
1: (laughs) AutoZone, sometimes I just feel kind of (laughs) sad. I just don't know why. What should I do, AutoZone? (laughs) Well, little lady, you just need to turn that frown upside down. And you need to get a pina colada air freshener. And a new steering wheel cover and a diet (laughs) Coke. <laughs> I don't like aliens. I don't like aliens. <laughs> I don't like them coming here. <laughs>
0: So listen. <laughs> before before we go, go to iTunes. You're on your phone, you're listening to this. This is a this is a favor I'm gonna ask. You've made it this far. Go to iTunes, just give us a five-star rating. I know we're not perfect, but just give us a five-star rating. It would really help us and it would help people who are looking for new things to listen to. It helps them to find garbage brain university. Of course, recommend us to your friends but uh, if you're like us, you don't have too many friends. (laughs) And so I know that's not a a very value-added proposition. Uh, once more thanks to the Melvins for our theme song thanks to Substack for the technology used for our newsletter and podcast make sure you subscribe to us at garbagebrainuniversity.com you'll not only get our premium episodes but you'll get our newsletter that has YouTube videos of FLIR recordings of fucking real ass aliens flying around (laughs) fucking shit up
1: I don't want any aliens no thank you
0: we're not gonna have aliens anytime soon thanks again for Bye. listening. No,
1: thank you. Goodbye.